The Fantasy Focus Football Podcast is presented by GEICO. Whether you rent or own, GEICO makes it easy to bundle home and auto insurance. Go to GEICO.com today. The Fantasy Focus Football Podcast is presented by ZipRecruiter. Forgetting to start the hottest quarterback in the league, Josh Allen, not smart. Using ZipRecruiter to find qualified candidates fast, that's smart. ZipRecruiter identifies people with the right skills, education, and experience for your job, then actively invites them to apply. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash 06010. ZipRecruiter.com slash 06010. Welcome into the Monday edition of the Fantasy Focus Football Podcast. It is the most must-see podcast in all <laughs> of America. To I get why you said that. To invoke the great Miz from WWE. Field Yates, Matthew Barry, Stefania Bell, your usual crew. We are here. It is not quite the end of week 14, but many people may already know their playoff <laughs> fate. Hopefully yours is better than playing against Amari Cooper and Derrick Henry. Or George Kittle. Or George, even, you know what? Yeah. T.Y. Hilton. But if you Someone's have played a against T.Y. Hilton and George Kittle. Thing. I play in a league that only counts second half scoring. Oh. So I face George Hill and I'm okay. Yeah, right, sure. First half scoring league, I'm not doing so well. How weird was that? That was weird. But we'll talk about that and so much more. we got a great show ahead of us. Hopefully your playoff hopes are still alive. I'm sure, Matthew, you have, did you even play a playoff game this weekend? Or did you just have first round buys? I had a decent amount of first round buys, but I had a couple of playoff games. I had, oh, a, I had a couple. Yeah. I had a couple of first round. Uh, I, had a, brag. I, had, I I was asked a question. I'm answering it. Uh, Starfania Bell. Oh look, the gun show is back. Um, a lot right. of people were very upset on Sunday. I got a lot of tweets about people. Where did the sleeves. gun show go? Yeah, you wore. Tell them to on turn Sunday. up the temperature in the studio, and I will. I I notice it's been warmer in this studio lately. Is that by design? I got to get right on that. That's <laughs> high on my list of priorities. Uh, no. So to answer a, a direct question that I was answered, asked Stefania to answer yeah. a direct question that I was that asked. That'd be a first. I, uh, <laughs> I I had a decent amount of first round buys, but I did play in a number of playoff games. Yesterday, a lot of them, I play in a lot of ESPN standard leagues or using standard league rules. So I had, uh, I think I had three different playoff games yesterday that were the first half, you know, cause in ESPN playoffs, uh, in terms of our standard rules, it's a two week playoff. So it's week 14 and 15 of the semis, 16 and 17 are the finals. And so I think I had three leagues where I was in the, you know, the first week of a two week playoff there, including my two vampire leagues, by the way. So, um, and both of those went well. And, uh, but no, I, I'm, unless Sebastian Janikowski has the game of his life tonight, Field Yates, I'm going to lose in, uh, I'm going to lose in my show, the, the fantasy show, the playoffs. I'm going to lose to our, uh, our producer. You heard it here yeah. first. Sebastian so, Janikowski's right for two I touchdowns need, tonight. I, I need something. I just. <laughs> Fantasy news from the National Football League. This is the instant replay. George Kittle did My favorite thing was that Tarika just hit the button when you. It's just like we're going, Tarika. You have Tarika. You get a raise. Tarika gets a raise. Let's begin on Thursday night during the Derrick Henry show. It was a thirty to nine drubbing Titans over the Jacksonville Jaguars for the Jags. Leonard Fournette missed his second straight game because of a suspension. Oh, he wasn't suspended, Daniel. He just played terribly in a game yes, where we all accurate. needed him. Yep. 14 rushing yards, 14 rushes for 36 yards for Leonard Fournette amongst a weekend where some other superstars stepped up to the plate. Leonard Fournette was one of the grave disappointments in week 14, Matthew. Uh, I mean, 
right? Yeah. I mean, 14 touches, 36 yards. It, what was, I think, so uh, in such contrast is that Derrick Henry had such a massive game. And so, like, everyone in their right mind would have started Fournette, wouldn't have started Derrick Henry. And it's weird because his his volume had been so significant. Part of the reason was is that the Titans just dominated this game. And so Fournette sort of got taken out of this game on some level. But it was just weird because the three games previous to this game where after Fournette had been back, his volume had been among the the leaders in the NFL. So the fact that he got just 16 touches in this one, you know, just very, very weird. Uh, part of the problem was, you know, credit the Tennessee line. Right. I mean, Leonard Fournette got 0.64 yards per carry before first contact in this game. Tennessee just got, you know, just got past the line. And, you know, if, if you, if you can't get a full yard without somebody tackling you, hard to get positive yardage. I'd agree on that part. Let's talk about Tennessee because the story of the night and maybe, but he fantasy- remains the only. Leonard Fournette, you're still starting him this week if you manage to survive that. Right, he's the only Jaguar we have any interest in. Yeah, and I mean, it's a home game against my Redskins. You're starting Leonard Fournette this week. Don't kick You heard it here first. Start Leonard Fournette. Let's talk about the Titans because really the story of the weekend was Derrick Henry's monster game. 17 rushes. Looked like he was back in Alabama. Yards, four touchdowns. Yeah, he looked like he was I mean, back. that looked like the guy another running Heisman another Heisman Trophy. Maybe, maybe he was inspired. You know, it was Heisman Trophy week. Alabama's in the playoffs. Maybe he was just... No. Maybe he started Maybe. himself in fantasy football in the playoffs. <laughs> that is possible. 47.8 points. Now, before you tell us, nobody started Well, Derrick I would Henry. assume, let me, let me put it this way. <laughs> I would assume that if that were true, Field Yates, that Derrick Henry started himself in the fantasy playoffs, I would assume he got to the fantasy playoffs by keeping himself on his bench. <laughs> because let's it. face it, he didn't do anything up until 33% of his points for the season came this past Thursday night. I mean, a I'm third aware. of his fantasy points for the year Came in one game. Derrick Henry didn't have a game with more than 58 rushing yards for the season prior. Did that in one play. So I the mean, question becomes this then, right? Yeah. Derrick Henry, this next week, plays the Giants in New York. He has rushed for a touchdown in five of his past seven games. Is he usable in week 15? He is under flex consideration. Right. He's a like, touchdown dependent flex. What that's, he is. That's no. what he is. And, no. and obviously he had four on Thursday night. And I know a lot of people like, look, hindsight's always 2020, but for people that are beating themselves up for not playing, uh, Derrick Henry, for starting Fournette over Henry, for example, you would do that 99 times out of, honestly, I'd do that 100 times out of 100. There's literally nothing that would suggest that you should have started Derrick Henry as anything other than, to your point, a touchdown-dependent flex. Corey Davis disappoints. Two catches for 21 yards. Our favorite tightened most weeks, but he couldn't get it done. Deion Lewis, just 13 rushing yards. But, like, when you hand up to Derrick Henry and he's running into the end zone, you don't need to throw it to Corey Davis. Correct. I mean, they dominated this game. Well, that just underscores that there's really no Titan you would like to play in your fantasy playoffs week to week, other than perhaps kicker Ryan Suckup. All right, the Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? Win 29-23 to over the Philadelphia Eagles in overtime. <laughs> a incredible finish to that game. Really, the fourth yeah, quarter and beyond was unreal. Uh, for the Eagles, let's start Some there. Some brutal calls in that game. Ultimately, oh, ended up not. Yeah. God, could the NFL the have of officiated the weekend. offensive pass interference worse yesterday? Oh, it was terrible. Now, yeah. it obviously did not end up costing the Eagles, but Dallas Goddard breathed on a Cowboys defensive back, and they managed to call him for offensive pass interference. Nuked a long touchdown for Dallas Goddard. It was so ticky tack and Bad. BS. It was just a brutal, just an awful call. Uh, but the Eagles, like, they, and then, they, and then they get, uh, then they got the Eagles for, um, 
Well, the first play of the game, the Eagles forced a fumble of the Dallas kickoff return, Jordan Lewis, but the ref ruled that it was not really a fumble on the field, and because the Eagles did not clearly recover the ball in the eyes of the refs, which my eyes are 20-20, I think. I'm not even sure what 2020 exactly means, but I think they're pretty good. And yeah. he definitely recovered that ball. Yeah. We digress. No, there was, Let's anyway, talk a bunch of like, and there was there was another ridiculous, you know, um, roughing the passer, you know, call as well. That was ridiculous. Yeah. Anyways, so. anyways, it was a bad game for the for the stripes, but yep. it was a good game for some people in fantasy. Okay, for some Eagles here, Carson Wentz goes for eighteen point eight fantasy points. We weren't really advocating for Carson Wentz as a start. If you did start him, but. Kind of paid off. Not, not a monster game relative to no, how but, other but quarterbacks he, Listen, he exceeded his ESPN projection. I had him on the hate list, so you know that's a wrong call for me. But I would stand by it. Look, under 230 passing yards, he got he got bailed out by the touchdowns. You can argue that the you know the Goddard touchdown came back, so and that was legit. But yeah, know, that might like, give him a few more passing yards because they ended yeah. up scoring on that drive when Correct. he ended up hooking up with uh, was it Al- uh, Darren Sproles who got that late touchdown for them yep. in the receiving game. But really, for the Eagles. Alshon Jeffrey, we we said he was a touchdown dependent flex play. He was better than that yesterday. He had six for fifty and a touchdown, but it came at the expense of Golden Tate, who had one catch for seven yards. Like the Eagles, as you're going to hear the theme today, and Alshon Jeffrey was was invisible for the majority of this game field, and then towards this towards the end of the game started to come on. There was like a couple of drives there, but I felt like as they head in to the Rams in Week 15. Other than Zach Ertz, is there anyone on this team you feel good about starting? Like, there are players who will prove start worthy, but yeah, there's nobody that I'm like, yeah, like, I'm really excited to throw, you know, Josh Adams into my RB2 slot, who had seven carries for 36 yards, nothing in the right. passing game. Or, or Alshon or Golden Tate. I mean, I feel like it, going forward, who would you rather have? If you have to pick one Eagles pass catcher that isn't named Zach Ertz, who would you have the rest of the season? I kind of think it would still be Golden Tate. Yeah. Like, I know, I know it sounds crazy after one catch for seven yards on yeah. three targets, but I don't, like, the fact that I'm so indecisive underscores that really the answer is I don't want any of them. I think I would prefer Golden Tate just because I think there's probably, despite what we saw yesterday, a higher floor. You know, I think there's four games that they've played together, these two, and Tate's been better for three of them. Yeah. I mean, Alshon Jeffrey needs to get in the end zone for the most part, and so... But yeah, neither of them you feel good about. This is for a team that came into the season with such high expectations for their offense. Wentz is like a high-end QB two, you know, yeah. and you know, and obviously with the exception of Ertz, the rest of them are just sort of like kind of close your nose and point and hope. Yeah, uh, guys that you don't feel good about, especially on the road at L.A. You know the Rams are going to be all fired up next week after a loss last night. We'll discuss that a little bit later on in the show. Stefania, you know who doesn't have to worry about starting? Amari Cooper, because he's in every lineup now, or he should be. He, he went crazy yesterday. He, he was crazy. like, yo, Derrick Henry, nice job, but I got <laughs> you by one extra point. 49.7 fantasy points for Cooper. Coop I, got loose. I think if anybody's wondering if he can handle the number one wide receiver role, I think that question was decisively answered yesterday. I know we were talking about it in the pre-show meeting, but my favorite part was his interview after the game where it was like, what's it like? And I think... To be fair to a player like this, you see him go from one situation to another, and we have these ideas about a player. I wanted no part of Mario Cooper at the start of the season. I talked about it and when we, we had all of our fantasy preseason shows mm-hmm. because I was concerned about the drop balls and the effort inconsistently and what was happening in Oakland. You put him in Dallas, he looks like another guy. I mean, it's it's completely different now that he is in a different environment. And the talent is there. We knew the speed was there all along. Talent is there, and he talked about what it feels like to be at a facility where the, all the things are better. The facility, the coaching, for him at least, 
and the winning. And that now helps. you got a guy well, who I think if, if you've got him, if you've kept him for fantasy playoffs, he's thriving. Yeah, look, I I was in on him at the beginning of the year, obviously, and in on him as soon as he came to Dallas because I I like I liked his talent a little bit more than you did uh, at the beginning of the year, uh, Stefania. You know, talking about the fact that this kid's still just twenty four years old. I don't think people remember that or realize that uh, that gets forgotten somewhat. It, yeah, yeah. In my eyes. So yeah, in your There's eyes, fair. Twenty year olds um, in the league. I mean, he's been there for. More than you know a minute. He's got to be Keith. Can we look this up? He will be the first player to ever be the biggest bust and biggest breakout player in the yeah. same season. Yeah, I mean, he was it's, terrible for the Raiders. And I he's mean, been it awesome shows you for the Cowboys. A, the point well, listen, is not to be somebody. That, but this was somebody on a. This was somebody that was on the love list this week. That's been on the love list for a while. Like his target share, and we've talked. I feel like we talk about this every week. I've certainly written about it a number of times, and we've talked about it on the fantasy show on ESPN Plus. His target share continues to be absolutely ridiculous. I mean. 30 targets in the past three games. I think That's a coming, lot. I want to say coming into this game, I think his target share was over 24%. Um, Thirsty Kyle gives me a thumbs up. So, I mean, this was, that was coming into this game and we've talked about the Eagles secondary problems for a while now. So honestly, look, you never expect three touchdowns. You never expect 217 yards and 10 receptions, but you expected a big game from Amari Cooper in this one, or at least you should have. And you got one from him. You got one from Zeke, who went crazy for 31.3 points. I want to make a, a, a say something about Zeke here. Um, for all the talk about the officiating, one of the things that did get called that I was actually happy to see yeah. was a lowering the head penalty on yeah. an offensive player. First time this season it's been called. We heard in the preseason that this would happen. It was part of the new focus on safety, and we know that running backs are often the ones that lower their head and put themselves at risk. And the whole premise behind this is it's not just who they're hitting, but it's themselves. He suffered a stinger on that play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and this is part of the reason they do it. Now, he went off, uh, you perhaps saw him on the sideline, he went and got evaluated, was able to return six plays later. But I thought it was actually the right move. And to his credit, afterwards, he said, I need to go back and look at the tape. Because he he wasn't comfortable talking about it, but he said, if that's on me and I was the one lowering my head, then I need to do something differently. I mean, that's ultimately what the NFL wants to hear in terms of guys oh, sure. lowering their head. So Jordan I think, Reed's still wondering where his call is. Alvin Kamara's still wondering where his call is. There's I'm a not, lot of players out there still wondering where their call is. But yeah, they got it. They got Zeke on one. Good. Well, there you I'm, go. They nailed one. They nailed one of like 400 okay. well, uh, you lowering your head you calls. Can, you can you can be cynical here, but the point is wait, that it, wait, wait. I'm sorry, sorry. What is cynical about that? I'm. I mean, in all seriousness, the Jordan Reed call, the Jordan Reed call, the Alvin Kamara call, and those are those are amplified because they were on sort of national broadcast. But and seriously, what's being cynical? about that because for all the talk that they've made about making this a priority they have i think objectively been they have failed in that in that respect in calling that consistently and call i mean like i think uh, this is another conversation yeah. for a different time yeah, given the context of it but i understand but, uh, that there are people that are disappointed like matthew there are other people that are encouraged after the call yesterday as stefania noted dak had a massive game probably his best passing game as a pro Hey, before we move on to Dak, the only thing that I just thought was really interesting about Ezekiel Elliott, and this is um, where I actually thought Stefania was going, was 12 receptions. Yeah. Like, you might just see the box score, and, oh, yeah, Zeke ran nuts. But I just thought that was fascinating, just his continued emergence as a pass catcher, his continued usage in the passing game, 13 targets field, 12 receptions, 79 yards, like... He's now had four straight games with at least five catches. Don't think you want to rock the boat too much at quarterback over the final three weeks of the season. But if, you know, maybe Ben Roethlisberger doesn't play on Saturday or you have some concerns about a matchup, Dak's sort of floating there in the interesting category. Now, it took 
a lot of good things yesterday to go in his favor. I mean, obviously the overtime helps. The fact that he catched that last touchdown to Amari Cooper is, I mean, it's fluky, right? I mean, it probably could have been picked. It ends up being a touchdown. That gets Dak to 24 fantasy points yesterday. But with Indianapolis on the road, Tampa Bay at home, and the Giants on the road in Week 17, Dak and name will be discussing as it pertains to quarterback rankings each week. We talked about him a while ago when they got the Amari Cooper trade, and we talked about him like, hey, this is somebody that we think actually, and no one was as down on Dak in the preseason as I was, but the minute they got Amari Cooper, I was, I said like, hey, this is somebody that I think can be a viable top 12 quarterback over the f- final uh, weeks of the playoffs here. Look at his upcoming schedule. We talked about a schedule a lot, and then to your point about that, at the Colts this week, home to Tampa Bay, at the Giants. Not one of those defenses scares you. I think he'll be able to put up points. And certainly, as you sit here and you think about Aaron Rodgers next week going to Chicago, you think about sort of the disappointing performances that we've seen from Cam Newton over the last couple of weeks, and he's banged up. The fact that Drew Brees has been down. I just Anyway, Dak is going to be a very viable option for a lot of teams playing next week. Julio! There's one good thing about the Falcons right now. It's Julio Jones, eight catches, 106 yards, two touchdowns on 11 targets. Tulio Jones is now the only player in NFL history to ever have five straight seasons of 1,400 or more receiving yards. He's very good. He's very good. Matthew with the analysis Hashtag that you can't good get anywhere else. Julio A lot of people went. say, why is Matthew Barry in the stature that he is in the industry? And I think it's for analysis like that. Things. His hair and his analysis. Like my that. hair, my analysis. Yeah. And listen, Julio Jones is good at football. A lot of people are like, who's good at football? I'll tell you who's good at football. Julio Jones is good at football. Thank you very much. God bless. Uh, Secret Squirrel, uh, clip that off and send that to the Fantasy Sports Trade Association. Send it to so the, I can to the, to the uh, win Analyst well. of the Year again. The news desk might take a story. Yeah, yeah. That. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Steve Sports Center wants to do a five-minute hit with me on that. Uh, so Julio Jones goes nuts. In That's fact, it. I don't want to get super hot takey here, but I'll say it. Whatever. I don't care. I don't mind. He's I'll very push good. My, he's very good at football. Yeah, I'm pushing my chips in the middle there. There you go. Do you hear me, America? You feel free to at me on that one. I think Julio Jones is very good at football. Yeah. How about them apples? That's wow. right. Wow. Bring it on. Julio on, Jones. I'm not, I'm not scared to stand on that island. I got. I got to come in really quickly. Julio Jones is legitimately the Shawshank Redemption of. NFL players, it is the, he's the most overrated wide receiver in the NFL. I just, I just, I can't wait, wait, do wait, it. Wait, wait. wait, I gotta unpack some stuff here. <laughs> wait a minute, hang on for a second. <laughs> Who are you? Wait, number one is, why of is, all you the may battles not be, you could pick. Yeah, of all the battles you could pick, of all the islands to die on, all the, all the hills, hills. to sort of yeah, be, uh, yeah. stranded on. Look, um, <laughs> I'm just curious. <laughs> Secret squirrel. Stranding on hills, dying on islands. Yes. Yeah. Why would you, why would you A, say that you think Julio Jones is the most overrated player in, in, in football history? I've, and, I've said that from the beginning of the season, to be fair. Why, but why do you say, why do you say he, like even if you're not a fan of Julio, to say he's overrated? Yeah. I mean. Yes, that is accurate. Because he will, he will give me a game with, with 300 yards and a touchdown, and then he'll give me a game where he gets me 7.8 fantasy points. Love you it. can argue about his uh, you can argue about his about fantasy consistency, football. but we're talking it. about literally NFL. Okay, I'm talking about literally in a, from a fantasy perspective. Your, yeah. No, yeah. I know Julio I know this over week the last yeah, 6 yeah. games. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. bring it. Bring it. Go ahead. One. Yeah. Last 6 games, 30.6 points. 3.8 points. So there's your here's your egg you're talking about. 23.8, 23.8, 23.7, 25.1. The week before that, 17.4, 24.4. That sounds pretty overrated to me. Now, who's your I'm, boy? Who's your favorite player? Who's your favorite wide yeah, receiver? Who's better on, than that? Give me give one. Come us. on. Feed Who? it to me. Inject it into my veins. You know, like Antonio Brown, is that what you want? 
Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown's been worse. Antonio Brown, 8.5 points yesterday, Daniel. You know during that stretch where Julio went all those 20-plus point games, Antonio Brown to 15.6. That's fair. 15.2. Come on, dude. I'm just I saying. Just, I mean, like. I'm saying. He is he is a guy that at the start of the season I had not, no interest in drafting because of that. Look, this, this is somebody that prior to this year has struggled with touchdowns. This is Look. Struggled with touchdowns? No, 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 oh, you listen. like Tyreek Hill better, don't you? You like that six points he had last week? You <laughs> like look. that one? Look, I'll give you the, I'll give you the facts that you're looking for, which is coming into the season, Julio Jones had one season where he finished as a top five fantasy wide receiver, despite the fact that he had been drafted as such almost the majority of his career. So I get that. He is somebody that has not scored a ton of touchdowns. I think he's, I think four of the last five Thursday can keep me honest here, but four of the, coming into this year, four of the previous five seasons, he'd never had more than six touchdowns in a year. So I get it, but to say he's overrated, I think is I think is that, a okay, bit so extreme. How is and that then also, different? by the way, that's overdrafted. Then he's overdrafted. I mean, how is that different than overrated? When we're talking about from a fantasy perspective, I'm drafting him as a top three wide receiver, and he doesn't finish there. Yeah, except but he always finishes like he's a top seven guy. Like I think you could argue like he shouldn't have been in the top two if you wanted to argue Beckham over him. You want to over uh, DeAndre Hopkins? I had You're my, wasting look. I had too, too much, much time energy. on a really dumb argument. Yeah, well, we're um, all right, and Daniel's wrong. Totally. But hang on for a second. Now we got to unpack this Shawshank Redemption. Thing. You, you don't like the Shawshank Redemption? No, it's a great movie, but like the, for it to be considered the, like the best movie of all time, where a lot of people anyone, have it, there, there, it is a top five movie all time for a number of people. I think it's a really good movie. You can be yeah. really good and be overrated because people say that you're number one. Oh, well, Morgan Freeman apologist, yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's like always in the wheelhouse, you know. It's a it, it is a great movie. It's a I really remember great movie. Yeah. Honestly, I remember. Um, Reading the script for it before it ever been filmed because yeah. uh, I was I was friends anyway. No 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 no. Just when I this is back when I was writing in Hollywood and everything like that. And so the year a, was nineteen fifty. No, my roommate at the whatever. It's <laughs> very, Matthew Barry was the small. The show. Whatever. Morgan it's a long story. Freeman's voice. I'm going to just tell this to you. I'm going to tell you secrets, girl. I'm going to tell this story to you. No, my uh, this is just when I'd start out in Hollywood, and my roommate was working as an assistant at a talent agency representing Frank Darabont, the guy that uh, at the agency, my, my my roommate didn't do this, but he worked at the agency that represented Frank and brought home this script that Frank was just like, hey, I just wrote this script and I'd like to try to figure out a way for me to not just make it, but I want to direct it. Because a lot of people wanted to direct it and buy it and he's just like, and Frank hang on, held on to it and said, no, I'm not selling the script unless I get to direct it, which, you know, kudos to him. And I, he just brought it home and I was just like, oh my God, this is such an amazing script. Like you can't screw this up. And of course he didn't. It's a brilliant film. Um, so, uh, I always have a soft spot in my, uh, in my heart for that particular film in general. Edo Smith's gonna win me a board bet. Uh, look, I don't know how you can start Tevin Coleman going forward at all, Field yeah, Yates. You can't start either one of those Falcons you running backs right. right now. They have been bad. The Not schedule. Whatever second, it is. Second straight week that E.O. Smith has out-touched Tevin Coleman. And it's not that E.O. Smith is lighting the world on fire, but he's doing more than enough that you feel you don't like uh, starting Tevin Coleman, not even at home next week against Arizona, which in theory should be a great matchup, but he'll be a shaky flex next week against the Cardinals. First game for the Packers under Joe Philbin, not Mike McCarthy. And I'm not sure we learned all that much about this offense. Aaron Rodgers was fine. 20 fantasy points, but he throws for less than 200 yards, two touchdowns. He rushed for 23 yards on one play. So he ends the year, uh, ends the game with 44 yards rushing total, which is in essence a, a passing touchdown. So that's sort of like you sit there and you go, oh, 20 points and you're good about it. But honestly, it was really kind of, you can't count on 40 yards rushing from Aaron Rodgers, who's you mobile, can, but you yeah. can't count on that. I and think there so, was hope from all of us, myself included, you know, I say maybe myself at the front of this list that like, hey, 
You know, like a, a cloud has been lifted over, you know, Lambeau Field, and all of a sudden they're going to explode offensively. No, that was not the case. They were fine. They obviously won the game. That was good. But Joe Philbin uses two challenges within 90 seconds <laughs> in the first half. Come on. Aaron Jones is not playing to begin the game. Instead, it's Jamal Come Williams. On. Devontae Adams does what Devontae Adams does. But, uh, yeah, for the Packers, it's pretty much the names you know in the spots you typically know them. At Chicago next week, you're probably not starting Aaron Rodgers. How about that? It's pretty crazy, Mm -hmm. but it's probably true. Christian McCaffrey and the Carolina Panthers have lost not one, not two, not three, not four, but five straight games. Is that bad? Because that sounds bad. It's not very good, but the good news is that Christian McCaffrey has been doing his part, right? 28.1 fantasy points yesterday. Two touchdowns. He actually had one called back. Correct. He could have had a three-touchdown game. Would have been pretty sweet to see that. But Cam struggled again. Cam Newton, just 10.9 fantasy points. No passing touchdowns yesterday for Cam. And um, the Panthers have done this on a couple of occasions where they've had Taylor Heineke throw the football at the end of a game or half situation. Stefania, he is continuing to play. But there are a lot of people just around the NFL that believe, despite the fact that he's on the field, that Cam is, like, hurt. I think He's hurt. Yeah, and I think they acknowledged that last week. I think we saw that reflected in the fact that he did not practice until the final day. Um, that's sort of been his pattern, but this week we talked about it, it was different. Ron Rivera said he was more sore. Cam came up with this kind of coy, I cannot confirm nor deny that sure. I'm going to have a procedure on my shoulder in the off season. I really think this is a function of the accumulation of what's happened over the course of the season. It's hard for that to truly improve without sustained rest. So, I'm not sure. I mean, you hope you get a better guy before the end, but I'm not sure you can can say that you will. And here's here's the takeaway from that field is that Cam Newton, who has under 35 rushing yards in five of the past six, whose 10.9 points uh, were his worst game of the year. Tristan H. Cockcroft does a great article every single week, sort of a winners and losers of the week. And so I encourage you to check it out. But this is what Tristan wrote about Cam Newton, who was obviously in the losers column. It's his worst in any game since 2017. Womp. His 10th worst ever of his 122 career NFL starts. Womp, womp. You know, um, and remember, he nearly lost a fumble. It was overturned. Um, he had an interception negated by penalty. So his day actually could have been more. You say, you're, wow, 10 <laughs> points was worse. It actually could have been six. Had, had the fumble not been overturned and had there not been a penalty on the interception, there actually could have been a minus four there. Just two touchdown passes total over his last two games. He's been brutal. I mean, and the, and the game that I'm complaining about where I, you know, the guy that I was playing had George Kittle and T.Y. Hilton. Guess who my quarterback was in that playoff matchup? Cam. Um, Cam Newton. Uh, Good job, Princeton. Yeah, she guessed that correctly. Okay. That's right. So that's Patrick the that's the one where I need yeah. twenty points tonight from Sebastian Janikowski, which I doubt probably is going field goals. It's happening. Plus I just need, no. I don't even need seven field goals. I just need like four fifty-yard field goals. Totally possible. Tonight. I mean, just you know, Cam struggles, but Ian Thomas did not. He filled in for Greg Olson. Eleven targets, nine catches for seventy-seven yards. Ian Thomas came out of Indiana, an excellent athlete. Hey, he's got four games this year with five targets. Those games, of course, three when Greg Olson was not playing. One when Greg Olson got hurt early in that game last week. Ian Thomas could be a thing here. There are approximately three tight ends in the NFL that are any good. Ian Thomas is trying to make it four. I, I, I'm slightly exaggerating well, there. And only well, three, without but. with Cam banged up, he's clearly like, you know, he struggles on the deep ball. So he's trying to keep it short. And while this offense is revolving around Christian McCaffrey, it wouldn't surprise me to see them focus a little bit more on Ian Thomas and the underneath stuff. Cam Newton is no longer a must-start quarterback field. 
Would you agree with that? Like, he is no longer a set-it-and-forget-it guy. They are home next week to the Saints. Yeah, I was going to say, the matchups are really good, though. Saints, Falcons, at the Saints. Yeah, pretty, but pretty but good, this yeah. game was at Cleveland. Like, this is a good matchup. No. Like, he's they, had they, good they're, matchups. They're bad on the road this year. The Panthers are 1-5 yeah. on the road. No, I understand. 1-6 on the road now. They've lost 6 in a row. They're, they've been bad everywhere. No, they're 5-1 at home. But they, what they haven't, they haven't lost. Uh, no, they, what was it? they lost last week at home? Didn't they? Yeah, they're five and yeah, one at home this year, and they're one and six on the road this year. Yeah, they're been, bad on the road. They're good yeah. at home typically. So it's interesting. But, conversation. You, but, you, but you think Cam Newton is a must start? He's a he's a set and forget it. No, my point was I don't think he is a. I don't think he is given given how he has played, given the injuries, um, I and everything the, like uh, that. The, the I, I don't know that week, he is a certainly up there. But I'm just saying I don't know that he is a set it and forget it. Not, not you're not even considering any other options than Cam Newton. I think at this point, fair enough. Jarvis Landry was awesome. He almost went for what we are trying to call the David and, Patton hat trick. That's the closest we could get to it right now. Uh, Landry had a rushing touchdown yesterday. He had a receiving touchdown yesterday, and he threw a pass into the end zone. Like he almost had a throwing touchdown, which would have been sweet. For those who don't recall, David Patton in like 2001, I think it was, threw for a pass, caught a touchdown pass, and also rushed for a score against the Colts in the same game. Kyle notes that, of course Kyle notes, Ladanian Thomas was the last one to do it. It actually took place in 2005. Maybe we'll call it the LT21 yeah. hat trick. Oh, LT. Well, yeah. That's a good call. That'll work. Anyways, Jarvis Landry, two straight good games from Landry. That's good to see. Even though the volume was pretty low as a, as a, as a receiver yesterday, only four targets, but it was good to see Jarvis Landry bounce back and their matchups going forward at Denver, Cincinnati, pretty good over the next yep. two. Baltimore on the road in week 17, not so great. But David and Joku fell flat. This is a great matchup. It's supposed to be the the you know the the gateway, the 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 sieve defense of the Carolina Panthers against uh, tight ends. David and Joku delivers with just three for thirty five on four targets. Although could have had more if he had caught that last target. I think it was about a thirty yard catch as Keith tracked in that game that falls short. And Joku had a disappointing season so far. Uh, he certainly has. Hey, very quickly, just to clean this up, by the way, I was incorrect on this one field. So the week before they actually were at the Buccaneers where they lost, they lost to the Seahawks, uh, two weeks ago at home. And you're correct. That was their first loss at home. I think worth noting in terms of the pass catchers here, DJ Moore and, uh, Curtis Samuel, I think both wide receiver threes. Devin Funches, welcome to Dumpsville. Bye bye, Devin Funches. It was nice knowing you, yeah, but he is going to actually be. Uh, heading to free agency. <laughs> yeah, I so was that's interesting. Say, not only timing uh, is everything in life. I don't think he's going to be for the better Carolina and worse. The Saints. Here's the good news. Who that? Twenty five <laughs> points unanswered in the second half yesterday, or at least in the second quarter and beyond. They win by fourteen points. The bad news is they only win twenty eight fourteen. And for fantasy purposes, like you're counting on the Saints Ugh. to carry you to glory. Mike Thomas did his part. Eleven for ninety eight on thirteen targets. Twenty point eight points. Alvin Kamara, fine. 15.7 points, including five catches. But Drew Brees, back-to-back weeks. Drew Brees, over the past two weeks, has accounted for less than 22 fantasy points. We're just sitting here talking about whether Cam's a must-start. Is Drew Brees a must-start anymore, Matthew? On the road to Carolina, I don't think he is. Like, I think, look, I think there's a lot of sort of big-name guys. Cam Newton, Drew Brees, um, Aaron Rodgers, that are not must-start Tom Brady. Not must start. I mean, and I know Brady had the big game last week, and we'll talk about him coming up. But like, I don't think any of them are like in that set it and forget it. Patrick Mahomes, like you're not even thinking about it. Like it doesn't matter who they're playing. You're starting them no matter what. I don't think you can say that about Drew Brees, who's got 166 passing yards over his last three games. That's what he's averaging. Okay, he's got two touchdown passes over his last two games. 
only a one-yard BS rushing touchdown that you certainly can't count on from Drew Brees yeah. saved his day in this one. Because otherwise, you're looking at like a, you know, you're looking at a, uh, uh, whatever, you're, uh, whatever, like an eight-point game, a single, a single, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was told there'd be no math, uh, a, a single-digit fantasy point output. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was, I mean, it was a bad game. And, 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 and so you sit here, you think about next week, feel sorry, but you sit here and you think about next week, you're at Carolina, and you're like, well, that's a bad defense. This was a bad defense on the road at Tampa Bay. Historically like this, bad. Historically bad. Like if you can't do it at Tampa Bay, like, and I know we talk about the home road splits with, you know, we talk about road Ben all the time. Road Drew has not been good this year, has not traditionally been good throughout his career. And so you would think this would be a good matchup at Carolina in week 15. But again, this was a great matchup at Tampa Bay in week 14. And he just didn't do anything here. Got so bailed out by the, by the rushing touchdown. Um, did he? He did. Yeah, he had the rushing touchdown, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So when yeah, it's so up and over. And um, uh, so I, you know, it's at the wrong time. I mean, I, I think Mark Ingram is a touchdown dependent flex. Alvin Kamara no longer a top five fantasy running back. I think he's more of a lower end RB one as the offense is sort of like mm. sort of tailed off mm. a little bit. Mm. Interesting. You guys are mm. or you disagree with I me? I, I don't know that I would automatically mm. say he's not top five. I have to check the box it. score here, Matthew, to see what yeah. kind of production he's been giving us recently. Because I don't I think mean, it's been that bad, no. has it? It's been I mean, great. Three straight games two. without a touchdown. Yeah, maybe you're maybe you're onto something, Matty B. Good call, Dad. You're getting smart in your old age. Uh, yep, yeah, they've been less productive. Sorry, well, there was some sort of no. I just eye rolled at the camera. Oh, okay. It was, it was, that was, sometimes I talk to you. Sometimes I talk to Stefania. Sometimes I talk to Daniel. But a lot of times I just talk to the audience because they're the people that care. They're the ones that I love. Listen, contractually, I have to spend time with these guys. But you at home, you're who I actually like. You're who I appreciate. You're who warms the cockles of my heart. If if it wasn't for you guys at home, I would have cold cockles. That's what would happen. We're moving on. Yeah, time to talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after that lip service there from Matty. Right. Uh, Jameis Winston had an okay game yesterday. The good news was he didn't get benched. He had 47 rushing yards, <laughs> 19.2 fantasy points. No, that was a legitimate, like, hey, if this game is out of hand and you start Jameis Winston, all of a sudden it's the Fitzmagic show look, but in the second half. For all the, you know, and, and look, I mean, you know me, I've been on Tampa Bay's quarterback. I've been on Jameis all year long, and certainly the game he got benched where I was all in on him doesn't look good on the resume as it were but the fact is Jameis Winston now has four straight games with multiple touchdown passes he's had over 19 fantasy points in every single game that he's played all of this season so the games where he has been pulled over 19 fantasy points he's been much more consistent the last couple games than Drew Brees than Tom Brady than uh than Cam Newton so some of these guys that are big superstars haven't been nearly as good Aaron Rodgers, hasn't Matt Br- Matt Ryan. None of them have been as good as Jameis Winston over the last three or four games. Jameis Winston has been very solid, very steady, but his top target, Mike Evans, has not really yeah. been that. Four for 86 yesterday on six targets. The problem with Mike Evans, he's not scoring touchdowns anymore. No. Just two touchdown catches over his past 10 games. He got a touchdown in each of his first three games this season. You want to you know, bicker about him, Daniel? Seriously, like he causes you more consternation than Julio. No, it's all right. I'm okay. Okay, Daniel got out of his sure? system. He's, yeah. he's no, well, they, the Daniel. I am Mike Evans. I, I roster Mike Evans on a number of leagues, and it's incredibly frustrating. But that's my own fault because I have him in dynasty league. I'm not going to draft Julio anymore, but I probably also won't draft Mike Evans if I can help it. Daniel. I feel like he, you know, Mike. If you've Daniel's seen pictures bitter. of Mike Evans, right? He's he's like he's really tatted up. Okay. So I wonder if that's you know Mike Daniel is like sort of being um I don't know how many You've tattoos Julio has but right I just feel like you're being like you know 
tattoo discriminatory. I only like have four. What right. are you talking about? You only have four. Well, they're just four tattoos. One arm, I got a big. Yeah, that's it. They're just chest. They're four big tattoos. Yeah, yeah, they are. Inner lip is next for Daniel. It's gonna be. It's gonna say anyway. Whoever your wider die is just right there. One of the, but one of the. Feeling it, but one right of the, across the lower lip. Feeling it, Zenner. It's gonna say Zenner right across. I would like that. Zenner, <laughs> how about how awesome. about on the on the bottom upper lip? It says Jim Bob, and then on the under it says Cooter. <laughs> that Maybe actually that, wouldn't be too bad. Yeah, that's not you bad. You can only show them off by going like this. <laughs> right. They got exactly. like <laughs> I like it. Oh I like goodness. it. Anyways, we're, yeah, off the, the, we're off the rails here. Yeah, great uh, job to be off the rails I, in the playoffs. Buccaneers, wow. let's keep it going. Mike Evans. This is what a Mike week Evans. like this will do to you. Yes. But uh, but I think that one of the reasons why Jameis Winston has been so good is all the talented pass catchers. Is one of the reasons why Mike Evans is more wide receiver two than wide receiver one. The positives are over 85 receiving yards in three of the fast and three of the last four. So he's getting you the yardage. The problem is, is just he's not getting to the end zone. Lesser volume. If you started Chris Godwin, the good news is he got 10 targets. The bad news is he caught, caught one, one of them. We called it the Mike Evans special. Uh, yeah, actually, right. Because Evans also did that earlier on this year. Yeah, one catch on 10 targets. The reality <laughs> for the Bucks is they spread it out so wide that it's so difficult to say one player is going to be the target monster week to week. Although we thought Adam Humphreys had a chance here, and and Humphreys, you know, continues well, to get 42. looks. Had, yeah. had had eight targets here, fell just short of a touchdown, which is very frustrating. Cameron Brait catches only two passes, gets only two targets. Both of them the happen zone. to be in the end zone. Like you're just like, like he was on the hate list with a legitimately good reason. Here's a guy that's only getting ten, ten uh, percent of the target share against a team that had pre- coming into this game had given up one touchdown to an opposing tight end all year long, and of course Cameron Brait on a lot of benches. Catches two passes for two touchdowns and 15 fantasy points. Dream shadow. They Cameron are at Brady. narrative buster. Cameron yeah, Brady. absolutely. But they are at Baltimore next week, so lower expectations for all of them, including Jameis. Buccaneers are awesome at home defensively. No, they're not. The Ravens are, though, was what I was trying to say. There you go. You know something? You put a lot of thought into your starting lineup each week. You read articles. You look at projections. Read Love Hate. You even listen to us to give you an edge and feel confident in your decisions. The bottom line is you'll do anything it takes to give your team the best chance to win. Well, TD Ameritrade feels the exact same way about you and your investing. That's why they make sure you have all the tools you need, take on the markets the same way you take on every matchup in your fantasy league. Their easy-to-use technology lets you follow the markets with ease and even trade on all your favorite devices and social media platforms. TD Ameritrade also makes it easy to learn new investing concepts with short videos and immersive online courses that are available to you anytime you want them. And their trade desk team is available around the clock by phone or chat to answer all of your questions and help gut check your trade strategies. Visit tdameritrade.com backslash fantasy focus to learn more, open an account, and get ready to set your investing lineup. Once again, that's tdameritrade.com backslash fantasy focus to get started. Member SIPC. I got to tell you, I, I asked I, when I posted a link to the Twitter um, viewing audience, you know. Sure. What? Say, say. Hold on, say that again. Yeah, I, was, no. I was very confused no, by what that I was. Like I want to remember that Stefania went to Princeton. She has many degrees. Well, you know why? She always talks about how smart she I is. I was reading the responses. I asked people to okay. let us know how their fantasy playoffs are going. And I'm giggling over here because some of the... Things people are sending in are so funny. Um, and I'm enjoying like. it. So thank you. Uh, <laughs> well, some of them I just can't say out loud, but, um, I love that people yeah, are coming up with names. Like I got Kittle. Go ahead. Um, 
and and I like uh, that one. I Got won killed. because Amari Cooper was Amari Cooper's my point. So the most popular responses: Amari Cooper, George Kittle. That's what I'm seeing so far. They're the ones who changed it. Yeah, I would say um, that's a fair assessment. Was, All right. D.Y. Hilton anyway, and the Indianapolis Colts win a critical I'm game gonna... over the Houston Texans in Houston. They snapped the nine-game winning streak. Wow. T.Y. Hilton also went crazy, and a lot of the Colts kind of performed as you would hope them to. T.Y., 9 for 199, 28.9 fantasy points. Andrew Luck for 399 yards, 23.6 fantasy points. Eric Ebron does his Eric Ebron thing. By the way, in a, for in a week, and a touchdown. can we take a moment here? And, no. Uh, no, because you're and, 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 taking And, so Luna, go ahead. Moments. Take a shot of Tarika. Proud Tarika wearing her Colts gear right there. <laughs> Tarika behind the glass. Yes. There you go, Tarika. I just want to Tarika who cut you off yes. so intelligently. But you know what? And yet, here, I got, I got, I got news for you. Despite the fact Tarika cut me off, I still <laughs> like her more than either of you two chamokes. And I want to congratulate Tarika as the Colts representative here on the Fantasy Focus 06010 because in a week in which guys like Jared Goff and Drew Brees and Cam Newton let everyone down, Andrew Luck showed up. He was on the love list this week, and I said, look, I know he was bad last week, and this was a tough matchup against the Texans, but I believe he will show up, and he did in a big way here. I thought he would throw a ton, and he did. 41 passes, almost 400 yards, two touchdowns here. Even ran a little bit. Yeah. Gotcha 1.6 points with his legs. That is definitely a little bit. It's a little bit. (laughs) Accurate assessment of a little bit, yeah. Listen, guy finished with over 23 fantasy points. If you had Andrew Luck as your fantasy quarterback yesterday— you are very happy, much happier than the people that started Goff or Trubisky or Breeze or Cam, for example. Yeah, uh, pretty chalky day, though, for the Colts otherwise. Marlon yes. Mack falls into the end zone. Difficult matchup there. Difficult matchup ahead next week against the Dallas Cowboys. How about them Cowboys who won, of course, as we discussed earlier on in the show? Let's move along to the Texans again. Anyway, I'm congratulations, By Tarika. the way, if you were, a lot of people were worried about T.Y. Hilton. Yeah. Um, He's Not fine. so much. If you, Stefania if it, says, don't worry about that. Yeah. Texans I mean, he kind of, was banged up for all. I mean, he was a game-time decision, and that's how no, it was reported. No, he, he was no, he was questionable coming into it, but there were a lot of hints that he was going to be ready to go. Yeah. He's, no, and he remains and Andrew Luck's favorite target, Obviously. as evidenced but by he, yesterday. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, Sean Watson. Point being, he's fine. Sean okay. Watson and the Texans, not a great game for anybody, really. Watson got you 18.2 points. DeAndre Hopkins found the end zone, but just 36 yards on four catches. Lamar Miller fell into the end zone. He got 16.2 points. Those are the three guys. and Those are the three guys and only the three guys in Houston. You're still feeling great about Hopkins every single week. Miller, pretty sort of like low-end RB2. And Deshaun Watson, like, not much to say. He, like, in a... Year where other quarterbacks have emerged is far more reliable. Watson really has only hit that ceiling on a couple of occasions. He has, but his rushing, uh, sort of by hook or by crook has kind of been, um, you know, kept him, uh, kept a floor high on Deshaun Watson in a way that some of the other bigger name guys haven't, you know, at, le- sure. at least, uh, at least more recently. Look, you're not doing anything about it because you're still starting him every week, but it is worth noting that since week 10, which is their bye week, DeAndre Hopkins down to 14 fantasy points a game, which, you know, you're like, well, I'd take 14 fantasy points a game. But this is a guy that was averaging over 20 prior to that. All right, I so think that it, no, I just said you're not doing anything. It's just worth noting for like DFS purposes or whatever. It does seem like there has improves. been not as much volume for DeAndre Hopkins as recently. And if it wasn't for actually an unbelievable play on Deshaun Watson, because Hopkins is running around in the back of the end zone and Watson is extending the play and finally finds Hopkins at the back of the end zone. If it wasn't for that one play, it's a very pedestrian day for DeAndre Hopkins, whose touchdown sort of bails him out. 
There you have it. DeAndre Hopkins and the Texans next play on Saturday. Remember that? Yeah, Saturday. Two Get Saturday games. Early. Let's talk about the Chiefs and Texans the Ravens. and Jets, by the way. Game is in New York. I'll be there. You'll be there. I'll be at that game. Wow. I at know. the Texans and Jets game. Okay, uh, then. Humble brighter. Anytime you get the chance to yeah. go watch the New York Jets, I'm you have uh to no, take it. it is the uh it is the um it's the FanDuel Fantasy Football World Championships and I'm uh, uh, I'm I'm ho- uh, I am uh, I'm hosting it and then afterwards that the game is there. So it's at the it's at the uh it's at the Meadowlands and you know FanDuel has a has a whole facility there. So Very anyway, cool. so we're doing all that. So that'll be fun. So anyway, if you're at the game uh and you see me, please come say hello. We're one of the 12 right. Jets fans at the game. Go yeah. find Matthew. Just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, listen. That was a fake laugh right there. Very, uh, yeah. Ravens and Key in Chiefs, uh, overtime game, 27-24 is the final for the Ravens. Like, we've gotten to the point now. I feel like I'm nice with my fake laughs with you. I feel like I, I feel like I'm very generous. Oh. I feel so like that's, I mean, I feel like that's it's a polite thing to do. Right? I mean, dads right? do that to their kids. Well, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I'm trying to be encouraging. Honestly, I, I think I fake laugh pretty nicely for everyone on this show. Oh, well. To be candid. Thank you. Yeah. Father. You're welcome. Well, now we, now we know. The Ravens yeah. may not have yeah. a single exactly player right. that you can start in fantasy football anymore. Seriously. I mean, Lamar Jackson gets you 19 fantasy points yesterday, but it was tough to watch as a thrower. 13 for 24. And then he leaves this game late, Stefania. Some sort of yeah, ex- ankle, ankle, ankle injury. Issue. Went to have x-rays. Kind of sounds like, you know, he, pretty vague on it. Hey, it's the Ravens. Yeah. No shock. But, um, I think it certainly opens the door for, uh, Joe Flacco. Now that we know that Joe Flacco was cleared, even though he was inactive yesterday, he's essentially reached the point where they feel like he could start. Uh, stay tuned and watch the drama in Baltimore. We'll keep an eye on that one throughout the week. Lamar Jackson, 71 rushing yards. Not quite Josh Allen level, but he was pretty decent. Kenneth Dixon had 59 <laughs> rushing yards Deece? for the, uh, right? Okay. Yeah. I'm just going to let that fly. That's, okay. I'm just going to let it slide. That's fine. <laughs> don't, At some don't point. Don't get me started on whether a word is modern or not, Matthew. Like, I just don't want please. him to try and copy you. I'm not going to copy. I'm just like, like, but that's not, the kids do not say decent. Yes, they do, dude. <laughs> Tarika? Yes, they do. Tarika, Tarika, you're, you're, you're the closest thing we have to hip around like, you here. You ask your kids if they want to go to Blockbuster on Fridays. Like, go rent that a film. That is a backhanded Which compliment if I ever heard before. one. Tarika, what? I'm sorry. Hang on. Tarika was talking and these two are, yeah, these two yammering. I, I, w- I will have to side with Field on this one. This is a word that we are commonly used to hearing. Yeah, I would agree with that. We Gucci Field, definitely. Man, <laughs> you're showing your age, father. <laughs> Any event. Kenneth oh, really? eight. Cause everyone thought I was a 25 year old before that moment. Okay, okay. Well, they thought there was a chance that you were under 50. Now they, they know there's there not. There was a chance I, that you were 8 for 59 hip. for Kenneth Dixon. <laughs> Kenneth Dixon. I hate all of you. I just want to be clear oh, about that. Oh, I love that. you too. Thanks, no, Dad. No. What did okay. you get me for Christmas? <laughs> oh, that was funny, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, good. Hey, no, Luna, do me a favor. Do me a favor. Make sure I want to, I want to, make sure you, can you get a shot of a secret squirrel real quickly? Okay, good. <laughs> That's for you. Okay. There you go. All right. I just I want to make sure. All right, good. Stay on. Yeah, good. No, no, no. Go off me for one more second. I got one more message. Right. Right there. Right there. All you guys. Also for you and Field and Savannah right here. Okay. On Instagram live in this right now. Is that a bad idea? There you go. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I, I put my uh, I put my fingers away. All right, yeah. good. You Coming up on tomorrow's show, Mike takes over for Matthew when it's full time role. Good. time. Yeah, uh, we kid. We kid. Can I can I leave now? Can I just leave now? No. I got to start prepping for the fantasy show on ESPN Plus. All right. In any event, here we go. Moving along. Kenneth Dixon, eight for fifty nine in a touchdown. The problem I think this the, is the thing. Well, I think the problem is you can't start any Ravens player. That is the problem. Anybody. I mean, Although there was a smoky John Brown sighting. He got a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Well, I, honestly, I disagree that you can't start anyone. Okay. I think it remains to be seen. If Lamar Jackson is starting next week, then I think it becomes a little bit murky. 
But I, as weird as it is, because I actually think the no, Ravens. If Joe are, Flacco's if in. Joe you can't Flacco, start is, right? Yeah. Especially they are at home next week against right because they're at home next week against the Buccaneers. Correct. Right. At which point, then so you, you would can some, throw deep balls against the Buccaneers. You certainly can. I mean, you welcome can, you back, can, you, John Brown and Michael Crabtree potentially. Yeah, I mean, so it would be interesting because it's still a little bit of a mess there, obviously, in terms of who's going to get the get the looks, and it would be his first game back. But yes, I do think. Uh, in deeper leagues, I think Kenneth Dixon is going to be kind of a thing. Remember, this is somebody that John Harbaugh loved back in the day. And then, right, you know, the suspension and the injury, and he's been out for a while. But uh, it's a talented player. I, I thought he looked good. Just just to the eye test in this game field, right, I thought did. I thought he looked good. The problem is it's Gus Edwards who's still leading the team in running back carries, but right. he has no involvement in the passing game. Correct. Dixon, you're counting on him either catching a bunch of passes or finding the end zone. So hard for me to trust any Ravens running back. Right now, the Chiefs yeah. are amazing. But worth noting that uh, Dixon played just ten less snaps than Gus Edwards yesterday. You know, so yep. yeah, Patrick Mahomes does Patrick Mahomes things. It wasn't perfect for Mahomes. He still got you nearly twenty-one fantasy points, and he just made some ridiculous seventy-seven yards. We are not worthy. Patrick Mahomes is I mean, unbelievable, and he I'm did so with stupid, not just a like, full strength Tyree Kill, eight for one thirty-nine for Tyree Kill on four targets. That part is great, but Stefania, he was legitimately banged up yesterday. He was legitimately hurting yesterday, and if you were watching him on the sideline, they were testing him out periodically, and he looked like he was uncomfortable. Um, Tyreek Hill talked about his heel being painful at the end, but he was crediting the uh, medical staff with wrapping his foot good to get him through the game. certainly makes you wonder... With another game coming up on Thursday, this does not sound like the kind of thing where it's like, okay, it's just going to be better. You can flood it oh, with yeah. treatment and automatically guarantee he'll be better by Thursday. I'd be watching this real closely because uh, there's either a chance that you don't have Tyreek Hill or if you do have him, you get somebody pretty, you know, in, in similar shape to what you got on Sunday. And then you, you, you think about maybe a game without Tyreek Hill against obviously Thursday night game against the Chargers field and also maybe no Sammy Watkins. Who we haven't yeah. seen for a couple of you weeks, right? You got Sammy Watkins with a foot issue that's been a problem since week nine. I think he played five snaps in week 11. Correct, obviously yeah. still out with like that. And then, I mean, who does it become? Kelvin Benjamin? Really? You're going to be, be trusting that? We Chris looked at, Conley? it's good. All targets. What's the, what's the, what's the uh, record for targets? Uh, Secret Squirrel? 18. 18. For, it's for Zach Ertz among active tight ends. Zach Ertz yeah. had 18 targets in a game. We had Thursday. Kyle looked that up before the show. Travis, Travis Kelsey, Kelsey could beat that on Thursday night. Yeah, that would I not mean, be if a no Tyree Kill and Sammy Watkins. Yep. But you're not you're not starting Calvin Benjamin or I mean I guess Chris Conley. But I mean that's the other thing is that the Chargers have a really good secondary field. Uh, they do have an excellent secondary. So not an easy match. But Patrick Mahomes does whatever he wants against basically any defensive secondary. Sounds like a shortstop. But another and it works. Another, but another injury here that could have some ramifications. Now he returned of the game, but Spencer Ware's to find you. The same way, like, Tyree Kill's back on the field at the end of the game, too. Yeah, they Spencer, got it out. Spencer Ware had two different issues during the game. He had the shoulder injury, had a hard fall. I mean, yeah. people immediately think, when a guy falls like that, you're like, ooh, collarbone, yeah. you know, whatever. He leaves briefly, comes back, then ends up hurting his hamstring late in the game. I mean, this is not a surprise. Again, if you think about it, Spencer Ware, multi-ligament knee injury, these soft tissue injuries, before he started assuming this bigger role when Kareem Hunt got uh, was no longer part of the team. Remember, I said we haven't seen Spencer Ware carry this kind of workload. He's been yeah. good in spots, but the volume was a concern. This is the kind of thing that you're worried about, especially with his situation. So Damian Williams actually outsnapped him by one on Sunday. Maybe Williams could be a thing on Thursday if we don't have Spencer Ware. Certainly worth rostering if you have Spencer Ware. I think if Spencer Ware is healthy. I can't imagine starting Damian Williams. I mean, he lucked out with the two short touchdowns, but I think Spencer Ware would still be the guy you would want. But 
I mean, the guy missed all of 2017 with an injury. 2016, it seemed like he wore down over the course of that year a little bit, his year as the as sort of the guy. So I, I think Stefania's concerns are well-founded. We take a quick break and come back and talk about the craziest play of the NFL season. The cool thing about watching sports while Whoa, being on hold the on. Even have... cooler than watching sports oh, okay. right. is our smartest fan of the week. Hey, this is Josh Buck, the ZipRecruiter smartest fan of the week. And I want to give a shout out to my lovely girlfriend, Lita, who, despite her total disinterest in football, is always incredibly supportive on Sundays, especially when the Bengals bone you or Alfred Moore. Uh, never mind. Let's get back to the show. Hey, well done. This is right Josh there. Buck. I don't know why everybody has there. this thing on loop. Every everyone that uses this studio after us just has it on loop. I don't know why. I just wants to play it over and over and over again. Yeah. Okay, it's on loop. But um, here, so back to what I was saying is, it's great to watch sports while being logged <laughs> into Twitter because you feel like you're watching it in the stadium with thousands of other people, even if you're not there. The other thing that's great is watching sports in the war room. And on Sunday, we had a war room moment. All the games are on. Patriots up 33-28 to with 16 seconds to go. And up by five points, the Dolphins throw, I don't even know what you call it. I guess they're calling it the miracle of Miami. Kenyon Miami Drake, miracle. Miami miracle. Kenyon Drake ends up scoring a touchdown, 50-yard receiving touchdown for him. And initially went to Kenny Stills and to Bryce Butler. And then to Kenyon Drake, an unbelievable finish in the that game. The key to that play, I think... And you've watched it a million times. Um, but the key to that play, I think, is when Kenyon Drake gets the ball, he slows down and, and everyone, the rest of the defense sort of slows down for a second as if he's going to toss it again. And you think it's going to be one of these crazy, you know, Stanford the Stanford Cow, Cow yeah. band game. And what ends up, if you watch it, like, so right, it goes, it goes to Stills, to Parker, and then Drake gets it. He's the third guy to touch the ball and he slows down for a little bit and he's looking around to sort of for throw someone and everyone's just sort of waiting to see where he throws it. And then he takes a corner and then he's off to the races. Right. And it's also like he saw the hole because it's like, yeah, defense, he pulls them a little bit towards the sideline and then he, I mean, like really in all, in, like in all seriousness, because I've been, you know, I've certainly been negative towards Kenyon Drake uh, at various times over the year. But that was, in addition to just the miraculous nature of it, Kenyon Drake completely makes that play, you know, the play of the year. And you know, kudos. I think everyone played their part. It was unbelievable, and the blocking was great. Amendola put. The, I mean, like, so everyone's great, but Kenyon Drake is magnificent on that play. Yep. And I think. Everyone's talking about the run and, and, you know, and, you know, taking shots at Gronk because why is Gronk out there and the whole thing? But Kenyon Drake's sort of fake and pause and being able to, uh, change speeds that quickly. I mean, a thing of beauty. A thing of beauty. Give him the SP. Give him the SP now for best play. Is it, does a single person point out if Gronk was even on the field if they just make a tackle? It's just, no, of course right. not. So yeah, it's like course. one of those one trillion type things. I know. Anyways, and you, you, an unbelievable you feel bad ending. For, yeah. Oh, whatever. I mean, listen. It's a sports, right? You got to yeah. play 60 full minutes. Tom Brady throws for 358 yards, three touchdowns, a vintage Brady performance, his best game of the year. And Minus Gronk couple things. was, well, a certain right, best, right. best game of the year for fantasy. Yes. Correct. Not his best game of the year for real football. Left three points on the field at the end of the first half. But Gronk was a beast as well. Eight for 107 with the touchdown and eight targets. Looked kind of Gronkian. Do we think this is something that can be built off for the Patriots in the final three games of the year? Gronk and Brady back as like top tier players in their position. It certainly gives you some confidence. Having said that, um, 
you know, running backs, it's not so much. Huh? The running backs, not so much. The running backs, not so much. And I don't know how much confidence you have in, like, he's done it once. Once, like, in the last five games. Yep. You know, because he's been disappointing. And now he's on the road at Pittsburgh. A Steelers defense that, despite last week at Oakland, has played Buffalo. better played better recently. Right. I mean, the schedule is not great at Pittsburgh and then home to Buffalo. So two good defenses that have played well at least recently. So, I, again, I don't think Brady is a set-it-and-forget-it QB1. I'll have him ranked inside my top 12 this week. I haven't done my rankings yet. But do I think he's going to be in one of those, like, I got Brady and I'm not worried about it. I'm not thinking about anyone else. No, I don't think he's there yet. Like, one good performance is great, but... uh I don't know that you can count on it. To the point about the running backs here, the only guy that I feel like you can trust, and I use that in quotes, would be Sony Michelle. That's because the James Devlin. No, the right. Well, that's the part of the problem, right? Exactly. James Devlin was four touchdowns in uh in what is it, the last three games, I think? Four games. Last four games. Four touchdowns in the last four games. We talked about this on Fantasy Football Now in the morning field, where uh I believe it was Jeff Darlington that was reporting from this game for us. And he mentioned that he'd spoken to Mike Reese, the great Mike Reese, who uh, covers the Patriots for us, does an amazing job. But just James Devlin's a thing, guys. Yeah, well, like, this you is get like, to the six-inch line, they're going to give the ball to a 250-pound fullback. I mean, That's so it, it wasn't just one of those, like, one thing happened. And so James Devlin, James Devlin. Who, by the way, the, the game, the team where I, the game, the game, uh, the playoff game where I, uh, I had Cam Newton, I went against T.Y. Hilton and George Kittle. Yeah, I also have Sony Michelle and James Devlin cost me ten points. Not only vulturing the touchdown, but had a a face mask penalty, which took back a forty yard run from Sony Michelle. So yes, James Devlin, a ten point vulture of Sony Michelle. I think. Where's James, my bitter berry? I think the James White scenario is problematic for fantasy players too, because there are a lot of us pointing right here who yeah. got to playoffs with the help of James White. Yeah. Who had, like yesterday, you can't use that him was, it was unstartable. Yeah, it's going to be back to – back in the day, it was like you kind of had to decide what kind of game it will be from the Patriots right. and decide which of the backs which, you would start. Which, who's going to have the day? It For worked, this I year, like it was, hey, you could start both of the Patriots back, James White and also Sonny Michelle. Now with Rex Burkhead back and Devlin. James Devlin vulturing all those touchdowns, a little bit less clear. For the Dolphins, an amazing game, and kudos to them for being 7-6. and six. That being said, it's still hard to find a single Dolphin you feel really good about starting in no. fantasy. Brandon Bolden had 60 rushing yards. I mean, like, Brandon, Brandon Bolden, Bolden this, is a, this is a good stat that Thirsty Kyle uh, texted me during the day. Uh, he doubled. Remember, he played with a, he played from the Patriots, I think, from 2015 to 2017, right? Longer than Longer that. Longer than that, right? Yeah, he's been around for like six years, seven years. But I think from in that time period, from that 2015 to 2017 uh, time period, he had one touchdown. He had two yesterday against them. Yeah, it's been I mean, a while. He doubled, he story, doubled yeah. his, his output. Uh, than the last three years that he was with the Patriots. So just, I mean, sort of out of nowhere, Kenny, uh, Frank Gore continues to defy age and gravity and genetics <laughs> and everything like that. Looks amazing, but you don't feel good about starting him. Certainly not next week at Minnesota. You don't feel good about any of these teams. We'll see what Minnesota does tonight on Monday Night Football. Tarika, which is on ESPN. I'm a company man. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, like it's just this is a hot mess. Yeah, it's a, a seven hot, and six hot mess. Hot mess for the Dolphins for the most part. They are seven and six now, still in the playoff thick. Let's get to the Bengals and the Chargers, who actually gave the Chargers more fits than we anticipated yeah, yesterday. Joe Mixon twenty four point eight points. Mm-hmm. High five to Stefania. Her and I defended Joe Mixon last week when uh, Mike Clay was trying to take us to task. Oh yeah, RB three or something. Yeah, nonsense. I Mike Silly. Clay with Silliness. his projections. What does he know about anything? Right. Find out tomorrow on the Fantasy Focus Football Podcast. Yes. Uh, but for the Bengals, really, though, it's Joe Mixon. That's about it. Tyler Boyd yesterday, three for 52. 
John Ross scored again. Like every time AJ Green's not playing, John Ross scores, but it comes on like one or two catches. So Tyler Boyd kind of what was was what he was. I don't think I learned anything new yesterday from the Bengals that we haven't already seen. Any disagreement there? Nope. Take that no. as a no. No, we didn't. And listen, things do get better. Uh, I will say, like Tyler Boyd, you might be like, ah, you know, three fifty two on the six targets, something like that. Oh, and Jeff Driscoll certainly didn't inspire any confidence, but you look at their upcoming schedule, home to Oakland, at Cleveland, at Pittsburgh, you feel a little bit better about Tyler Boyd. I think he's still a wide receiver three. The problem is they might be the worst team in football right now. The Bengals? They're well, terrible. Dude, have you watched my Redskins? <laughs> well, the Redskins and Bengals are the worst teams that have decent records. The worst team is the Cardinals. They're the right. worst team on the NFL this year. And but like, like, there ain't a lot going on over in Detroit. But my di- thing is, well, Detroit's not much better. My oh, point is this. Or the is Jets? That like, Anyways, my point is this, is that like teams like San Francisco and Oakland are at least playing hard. Like yeah. the Bengals are tough to watch, man. I'm not saying they're not playing hard, but like they're just brutal to they watch. They're brutal right to now. watch. But listen, they 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 were much more competitive yesterday than I thought they would be. And same with the Raiders, sure, by the yeah. way. The Raiders are they like won. the, the Raiders. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the Raiders yeah. might be the worst team in football, and yet they, I mean, from a talent standpoint, from sure. a talent on their roster standpoint. Yeah, I agree. Let's get to the Chargers. <laughs> they win twenty six twenty one. This kind of felt like one of those games. Where it was That's like, Fields' dismissal voice. All right, keep going. I'm just talking to Sabanya. If we could just get out of this game with a win and get to the Chiefs on Thursday night, we're good. Phillip Rivers, 13.5 fantasy points. Keenan Allen, 5 for 78 and a touchdown. But interesting here, Austin Eckler, 15 for 66 on the ground, Stefania. Then he gets banged up. A stinger issue is what we're hearing yeah, for Austin Eckler. The biggest concern for them is that they play on Thursday. Right. You know, and you're talking about coming back from uh, something that um, he has a history of this type of injury. It's got to be a little more concern for him. The good news is that we've been talking about Melvin Gordon doing well. I think some people thought he might even be back this last week. He wasn't quite ready, but it sounds like he could be available by Thursday. So stay tuned. But I believe that you will more likely see, you're more likely to see Melvin Gordon than Austin Eckler. You might want to see some Justin Jackson on the waiver wire column this week in case both of those players couldn't go. We'll find out. Let's keep an eye on whether they promote anybody else from the practice squad or add another body at running back. The Broncos lose to Stefania's beloved 49ers. 20 to 14 is the final. First game without Emmanuel Sanders. And it was not Cortland Sutton who got banged up a bit himself. But Deshaun Hamilton and Tim Patrick, who went crazy for the Broncos, Matthew nailed it with a Deshaun Hamilton long shot call in fantasy football now. Actually, Mort also got Mort. Mort called Tim Patrick. Patrick. So both of you are right. Two separate Broncos wide receivers. Matthew, what did we learn? Did we find out that any of these players is actually a worthy ad right now in fantasy football for the final three weeks? I think they're worth adding. I don't know that you feel confident about starting any of them. So it's worth adding just certainly in keeper leagues. Uh, I would assume Cortland Sutton's already been a long rostered in keeper leagues, right? You know, but, but Deshaun Hamilton may still be out there. Um, so I think that's sort of interesting here. One of the reasons like that I like Deshaun Hamilton as the fantasy long shot was because I felt like he was going to run the majority of the slot roles. 42% of his coming into this game, 42% of his routes had been run from the slot, which is where I think Keenum likes to throw and where Sanders had had a ton of success in this offense. So, you know, at home against Cleveland, then at Oakland in week 16. Um, home to a Chargers team that might be resting some players in Week 17. So I do think Deshaun Hamilton is kind of an interesting name to roster. Um, sort of depends on your league and what else you have out there. But the other thing I think you learned here is that you don't feel that we're going to need to see it from Cortland Sutton before you can trust him. Uh, right? Yeah. Because if, if if ever there was a game for him to do something, this was it, and he didn't. Yeah, I mean, it's all these guys are sort of like, I still want to, I would like to see them... See it consistently. More, do it at least one more game. And the problem is we're running out of time. Some yeah. weeks will be over in week 16. For the 49ers, George Kittle was unbelievable. Literally historic. Seven yep. for 210 and a touchdown in the first half alone, oh, Stephon. He was God. unbelievable. 
I know. I mean, look, we, we've been talking about him all year. Matthew, you were on the bandwagon for George Kittle at perhaps earlier than anyone. Yep. And uh, the, what, what he's been able to Last provide year. is consistency. No matter which quarterback is playing under center, no matter what the situation is, even on a team that's been dealing with injuries to pass catchers all around, the one consistent bright spot this year has been George Kittle. And he rewarded people who had him on their roster in the playoffs yep. yesterday. Truly remarkable performance from George Kittle. Actually, Kyle Shanahan said he apologized to Kittle after the games. And, like, I could have right. gotten you, the, I should have gotten you the record probably yeah. there. He needed just four, five yards five to break yards. the all time single and game didn't get one tight end. I mean, it yeah, it's just, unbelievable you know for what, a two though? and ten team to not try to get the kid. I don't, that was George a weird Kittle one. is unreal. Dante Pettis had another touchdown, his fourth in three games. That's exciting to see. And Jeff Wilson, we thought that he was going to be the guy. He was the guy. Twenty four total touches for ninety six yards. Good to see that. Marquise Goodwin comes back. Hard to sort of get back into the flow of it. Just gets two targets, but it is worth noting on Pettis seven or more targets. And a touchdown in three straight now. Mm-hmm. Dante Pettis is a thing. Yep. Yeah, Dante we, Pettis uh, is we, a we, thing. We, Some upside add yeah, right there. Yeah, yep. told you to watch out for him. Uh, the Rams kind of got they just it's, they just got oh, outmanned last yeah. night. Outmanned and outmatched against the Chicago Bears. Fifteen to six was the final for the Rams. Nothing doing. The only game I'd imagine this year where they had just one player in double digit scoring. That of course was Robert Wood, seven for sixty one. But besides that, Todd Gurley, the eleven for twenty eight. Not what you were looking for from the fantasy MVP this season. Brandon Cooks, three for twenty two. Jared Goff didn't even make the page. He was so I bad. Know. You know what? This is just. I think it's just. I don't know. If there's any analysis needed. One the of those Bears games. Are good. The Bears are great, and they're great at home, especially. Jared Goff has struggled cold. in his career it in was, cold yeah. weather games. Throw it out. You're still, if you manage to survive this, and it, listen, it's brutal because you rode the Rams all the way to the playoffs here, and then only to you know fall short in Week 14. And I'm sure there are a lot of people that had that had Gurley or Woods or Cooks and or Goff and are sitting at home now because they've lost their playoff game. You're still not allowed to complain. You're not, you got, you got more production than you could have ever hoped for from any of the Rams that you would have reasonably rostered. The schedule coming up is nice. Eagles at the Cardinals, San Francisco, two out of those three games at home. For the Bears, another weird night. I tweeted this last night and their last five touchdowns, it's really remarkable. Their last five touchdowns have been this. (laughs) All right. We've got last night. It was a touchdown pass to Bradley Soul, an offensive tackle. Last week, Akeem Hicks has a rushing touchdown. He's a defensive lineman. Tariq Cohen. Throws a touchdown pass to Anthony Miller. Oh, that's right. Chase Daniels, Jan- Daniel throws a pass to Adam Shaheen, their backup tight end. Mm-hmm. Right. Eddie Jackson is a pick six. So, like, nobody that we're counting on right. is scoring Chase touchdowns. Daniel to Adam Shaheen is the most normal touchdown they've had in the right. last Which five. Which tells you everything you need to know right now about this Bears team. Uh, Jordan Howard rushes for over 100 yards. Tariq Cohen has 12.9 points. Trey Burton disappointed again. Two for 22 last night. But really, no player that uh, did anything to inspire a ton of confidence in the first round of the playoffs for you. The Bears are unbelievable for defensive purposes for offense it's still a work in progress right now it is i mean i think you're still starting be. yeah i think you're still starting Tariq cohen but i don't know that mitchell Trubisky, and you're still starting the bears defense obviously but uh mitchell trubisky who you know was such a red hot quarterback there in the middle of the season i don't know like i like him at home against green bay but you certainly don't feel confident about him. I don't. Th- he's not a no-brainer start. Right. He is a, you like him, but you're a little bit hopeful, is how I would describe you. If yes. You're playing Mitch Trubisky, cautiously optimistic. Done, yep. Over the past few games, cautiously optimistic. A few more games here to wrap things up. The Steelers go to Oakland and lose yesterday. Unbelievable. Twenty-four to twenty-one. Chris ending. Boswell misses an extra point. But the story of this game for a while was Ben Roethlisberger getting hurt. Stephon, 
He stayed yeah. out until they started to lose. And then he goes back in. Yeah. Well, rib injury. Uh, I mean, the fact that he was back on the sidelines sounds like he was cleared to come in. Mike Tomlin said later that it was the game flow that uh, the game, uh, flow game flow at the time yeah. did not allow for him to return. Um, you know, whatever, however you choose to interpret it. The bottom line, he went into the locker room to get x-rayed, checked out, comes back. He's OK. Yeah. Not a great game for Antonio Brown. Five for 35. Juju was unbelievable, though. Eight for 130 and two touchdowns. 33 points for Juju. But the real story was, how would this backfield shake out yesterday? Jalen Samuels and Steven Ridley. The answer was an overwhelming Jalen Samuels is the guy. Steven Ridley found the end zone, but he had five carries for four yards, one touchdown. Jalen Samuels, by the way, seven catches on seven targets, so 16.2. If James Conner misses next week and Adam Schefter reported it's possible he'll play, but we'll find out later on, then you have to figure Jalen Samuels is an RB2 again this week against the Patriots. Yeah, I mean... You know, yeah. significantly. I think it's out- more likely than not that it's Jalen Samuels. Yeah, I think so too. I I would agree. And like you know, Stephen Ridley played eight snaps. Forty six to eight was the snap count for Jalen Samuels of over course, Stephen Ridley. Right. Of course, Ridley. One of those snaps was a touchdown. In, a touchdown in the end zone. Guess who? Guess who was starting Jalen Samuels in that game against uh, Kittle and Hilton? Probably a lot of people. And uh, me as well. Oh. I'm just saying. Like my <laughs> Sony Michelle gets vultured. My J, my J, uh, my Jalen Samuels get vultured. Meanwhile, he starts Dante Pettis as his flex, who gets a touch. I'm like, come on. Like, at least Austin Eckler showed up. Yeah. For the Raiders yesterday, Derek Carr actually played well. 322 passing yards and two touchdowns. Jared Cook, as John Gruden said after the game, he's our MVP, our clear MVP. Seven for 116. (laughs) 18.6. You used to say he wasn't good at football. Who? Jared Cook? (laughs) I don't know what, I do remember that. For the longest time, he wasn't good at football. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, he became good at football. I don't know what happened. Other than Jared Cook, though, you're not Maybe it's because, maybe it's, maybe he's still not good at, maybe he's still not good at football. But everyone else on the Raiders is so horrifically bad at football (laughs) that just being not good at football makes him the greatest football player on the Oakland Raiders. Maybe that's the way to go. It's all about a sliding. It's all about just you know, like it's relativity, right? In the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is though. In the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king, right? Maybe that's what we're talking about here with Jared Cook. This is, you know, like he's not good at football, but he's not horrific at football the way many of them are. Well, it's certainly set up nicely for him. Now, listen, no Jared, wide Cook, Jared, Cook's had a, Jared Cook's had a great year. Yeah, All he's had a great legit. year. Kudos yeah. to him. He has been very rock solid in a position where it's been hard to find that. The yeah. Lions win 17-3. to There was just one touchdown scored in this game by <laughs> an offensive player. That was Zach Zinner. Darius Slay returns a Josh Rosen pass. Zach Zenner. Yeah. When are you getting your Zach Zenner tattoo, Secret Squirrel? Disgusting Hopefully next game. week. Yeah. Yeah. Disgusting game, though, offensively all the way around. Kenny Galladay uh. is limited to just two catches for five yards. Hello, Patrick Peterson. Um, yeah, it's just like. But I think that's a key point because look at their upcoming schedule, right? So they're at Buffalo. So yep. you figure Kenny Galladay is going to be up against Tredavious White. Then Minnesota. Yep. So you figure he's going to be, um, he's going to get some Xavier Rhodes. Yep, shadowing, and then whatever at Green Bay in week Dyer seventeen, good right? Who's got, Alexander Julioed yesterday? Right, but still. he got Julioed, but Alexander's had a nice year overall. And by the way, that's going to be the last week of December at Green Bay. Yeah. Not exactly ideal passing conditions for Matthew Stafford. So, Ugh. I don't know that you. I think he is a risky wide receiver three going forward. As much as we like Kenny Galladay as a player and is talented, the fact is Matthew Stafford looks awful. He just the whole offense is broken. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, but given the shadow situation, given the quarterback situation, I don't think I don't know that you can Matthew feel Stafford's fully healthy either. I mean, he the back came issue, in, right? he came into yesterday's game as questionable with a back problem. You start having back problems as a quarterback who's had as, as much mileage on himself as he does, and the fact that things aren't going well. 
I just, it's a bad combination. David, he doesn't look right. David Johnson with the rare 1.5 yards per catch yesterday. Eight catches for 12 yards on 10 targets. They were awful as well offensively. Three total points, 15 rushes for 49 yards. Honestly, rather than going into some deep dive about Trent Sherfield, I'm just going to tell you that Larry Fitzgerald now yes. has more catches with one team than any other player in NFL history. It's 1,200 wow. and I believe now 86 and counting. He's unbelievable. Good for Larry Fitz, five for fifty-five yesterday. Happy, hang on, hang on. Happy to see good things. I'll do no. I'll do respect here, Field Yates. Stay in your lane. Let me handle the hardcore analysis. Larry Fitzgerald is very good at football. I thought you were going to say Field. With all due respect, stay in your lane. I'll handle the analysis of the old guys. <laughs> wow. uh, Robbie Anderson and the also Jets. that also yeah. that by the way Robbie Anderson and the Jets win twenty seven to twenty three. I think you can the have only that one. fantasy storyline here is that Eli McGuire steps in after Isaiah Crowell reaggravates a toe issue. Stephane. That's right. He came in uh, to the game questionable. The toe issue was there, but we expected him to play. But it's so easy to flare these things up during game. That's what happened. Thank you very much, Eli McGuire, on my bench. Eli McGuire got <laughs> 17.3 fantasy points yesterday in relief. I actually think, though, that if Crowell sits and they have three games left, so maybe you just sit a guy who I don't think has ever yeah. missed a game in his career. But still, um, at this point, well, if you think he's part of your future, you got to maybe consider taking the bigger picture view. Eli McGuire, I guess, kind of in like low-end flex territory because somebody has to carry the football in this backfield. Matthew, he's their best shot. He is, and look, they're home to Houston next week, and I don't know how much you feel good about Saturday. that. But in pe- right, uh, Saturday, that's right, a game that I'll be at, as I mentioned. I'll be very excited. Um, Eli McGuire Bowl, baby! You know, like a decent pass catcher here, you know, and by the way, Sam Darnold got banged up in this game too. We don't even know who's going to be quarterback for the Jets in this one. He came back to the game though, so yeah, that was yeah, good. But, but, I mean, uh, but, Again, still, it's right. You never know with the Jets. You never know with the Jets, and you know things tend to act up. Listen, I'm no Stefania Bell, um, but uh, I'll tell you, as somebody who's hosted a podcast with her for many, many years, I tell you, sometimes, sometimes people come back into games and then they're they're not available for the next week because it's all about maintenance and what happens. And somebody gets shot up during the game, but then over the course of the season, they look at it and they're like, "Oh, this is a little bit more serious." They're going to be very careful with Sam Darnold. If there's any, yeah. if there's any chance of potential re-injury or f- further aggravating the injury, I believe they would be cautious here. Do you agree with that, Stefania? I think that is a fair assessment. There you go. I think we also need to say that Stefania Bell is definitely the Jared Cook of this podcast, just doing as much as she can with the dearth of talent around her. You know what fair. I mean? Actually, I will agree with that. I'll actually yeah. agree with that. But, that would, but that, would, that would mean that... Don't read into it too much. Just take the compliment <laughs> and let's move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, wouldn't, I wouldn't look too closely yeah. at it. I'm not sure what the okay. rest of us are. However, okay. uh, Josh Allen, yeah, over 100 rushing yards... For Josh Allen yesterday, again, he's got 335 rushing yards over the past three games. Yeah. comes on 31 attempts. Like, at some point, you got to take it seriously now. you got to kind of take it seriously. We took him seriously last week. I mean, like, I, I mentioned him as a viable QB2 streamer. Didn't vi- mention him as a viable QB1, which is what he was. In fact, I believe over the last three weeks, he's the number one quarterback in fantasy. Is that right, Secret? Uh, is that right? Thursday Kyle's going to look that up for me. Uh, as I believe I it's that- correct, but although you have to note that Patrick Mahomes did not play one of those weeks. So, yeah, yes, yeah. it is correct, but still. With an asterisk, yeah, but still, still, I mean, by hook or by crook, you know, we're all talking about Lamar Jackson, but Josh Allen is, boy, oh, boy, is he fun to-, to watch. He's averaging over... He's averaging over 10 yards a carry, and somehow he's he's sort of made Robert Foster kind of a thing. Yeah, two out of three good games. Robert Foster out of Alabama can run straight and run straight really fast. 
I have a hard time trusting this passing offense. Though. The, I, I he's agree with that. Fifty percent of his passes over the past three games. If there was one thing that's noting, though, it's it is worth noting he got eight targets in this game. The, yep. the, the other previous game had been on all on one big play, but I was encouraged by the fact that he didn't actually even get. In, he, he has a seventeen point game without getting in the end zone. I mean, seven for one hundred four. It's worth raising your eyebrows at. Sure, yeah. I do want to ask this question because we have a Twitter follower okay. who is watching wow, the show. Wow, one whole Twitter follower. Well, right. we have one in particular, mm. Matt Hand at Matt Hand throws. Watching the show from 34,000 feet in the air. Wow. So, That's you know, pretty that awesome. That is impressive. And he wants to know if Josh Allen is a starter for the rest of the season. I don't believe so, personally. I think that he is a two-quarterback league must-start. I think that he is a streaming option at best in single-quarterback leagues. I think streaming option is correct. I don't. He's definitely not a must-start here, but at home against Detroit next week, like I think he'll probably have be, him top yeah. 15-ish. Somewhere in that range, yeah. Yeah, yeah 15 or go. so. Thanks the deeper league consideration. Thanks for watching from up in the air. We can just pass yeah, on the and Giants and by the way, and impressive, game. by the way. I want to know, because like, I, whenever I try to get Wi-Fi on planes, it's you, it's so brutal. It's, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And there are different airlines, you know, that are, um, that are better than others, uh, with their Wi-Fi, because they more use different systems, yeah. more proficient, that kind of stuff. And listen, when you, when you travel with young children, Wi-Fi is important. I'm just going to leave it there. Okay. I, I take you at your word on that. The final game but of the day. Just before we leave it, LaShawn McCoy injured. Uh, oh, with a yes. hamstring yeah. injury, left that Buffalo game early. That and happened. Chris Ivory I, also banged up with yeah, a shoulder Chris, issue. Uh, Chris Ivory as well later on. But LaShawn McCoy out with a hamstring makes you wonder if you're going to see him next little week. little Marcus Murphy action in your life, perhaps, for those who are feeling <laughs> bold and audacious. Last game here, and we can make it quick because it was ugly. Saquon Barkley and the Giants crushed the Redskins 40-16. to All those points came late in the game for the Redskins. No Odell in this game, Stefania. Uh, he was ruled out on Saturday. A surprise. It's, yeah, still bizarre. You know, um, we heard about it first on Friday when he was limited in practice, and it sounded like there wasn't a ton of information around it, but it sounded like... Not a uh, lot of concern either, though, at the no, time. Exactly, because he didn't end up on the pregame injury report that's filed on Friday evenings. And then on Saturday, we found out, ruled out for didn't this game. Trip. So it's hard to know. Because of the bizarre way in which it came about, just how serious this is. But uh, so stay tuned. All they needed was Saquon Barkley, 14 for 170 on the ground with a touchdown for the Redskins. Mark Sanchez has been benched in favor of Josh Johnson, who I think was quarterback three on the week, which is just (laughs) ridiculous. And I love that he watched Madden to get to know his teammates. Yeah, (laughs) that was was a quote from the post game. Yeah, we're just like, because, well, he honestly. Like, he was signed last week when Colt McCoy was injured on Monday night uh, a week ago. They needed a backup quarterback to Mark Sanchez, and so they signed Josh Johnson. Josh Johnson had been with the team less than a week, and he ends the, he's going to end the week as a top-five fantasy quarterback, a guy that wasn't on a NFL roster seven days ago. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, and obviously he didn't start this game. Yeah, listen, a lot of it was, just to be very clear about this, much of it was in junk time against backups in very soft coverage. I mean, it was, of course, it right. was total junk time. They were but it's d- down sort of funny. We're not but, but I'm just saying, like, in case you were like, and Josh Johnson's been named the starter, but in case you're like, hey, is Josh Johnson a thing? Josh Johnson's not a thing. Right. It's a brutal offensive line. It's a lost season for the Redskins. It's just a, oh, look, I think they're now at, and we'll see. We made it to week 14 before Jordan Reed got hurt. Stephania. We did. Yeah. We did. We did. He, he made the over on the over under of when Jordan Reed might like go out with weeks. an injury. Yeah. yeah but, uh, a foot injury, obviously in a lot of pain, had to be helped back to the locker room. I would not be planning on Jordan Reed being available. 
Next so at the moment, I believe the Redskins have 18 guys on injured reserve. We'll see if Jordan Reed gets shut down for the year. It certainly would make Vernon Davis. Did Vernon Davis make your uh, waiver he wire? He will column? be on the waiver wire com, which will be out later on this afternoon. Not that there's a lot of hope in that Washington offense, but there are also again very few tight ends that you can trust. So Vernon Davis will be on the waiver wire column. Kyle, we have all racked our brains for the only other tight end besides George Kittle with two seventy plus yard receiving for three. 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 My best guess was Vernon Davis. Matthew, who's your best guess? My best guess in terms of active. No, not active. Uh, oh, it doesn't have to be active? Nope. Oh, boy. Since 2001. I had a random other guess. 70 plus rushing. Uh, uh, I mean, 70, 70 plus, plus receiving. Reception. Ooh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say a random one in uh, uh, Travis Kelsey, I would say. Oh, oh no. Vance McDonald. Vance McDonald will be one of my guesses. Okay, that's a guess. Stefania, do you have one? Didn't Julius Thomas have some big, crazy... Okay, so all three of you had a guess. I'm going to narrow it down. It is a person who played the majority of their career in the AFC South. It's not AFC Mercedes South. Lewis, is it? It is not Mercedes Lewis. Delaney Walker? It is not Delaney Walker. Nope. Ooh, was it, is it Dallas yes. Clark? It is not Dallas Clark, although you're getting closer. Jacob Tammy? <laughs> it is not Jacob Tammy. Marcus Pollock. It is Marcus Pollock! Oh, Marcus Pollock! gets it right. He wasn't that fast, really? Yeah. No, he must have been a co- total. That's the only other guy? Yeah, like, the only other no guy way. other than George Kittle. There's Marcus no way. Pollard. Yeah. All right, a lot of people, when I woke up today, I didn't think I was going to be talking about Marcus Pollard, and yet here <laughs> I am. Josh Johnson and Marcus Pollard, all the big names on the Fantasy Focus, <laughs> 06010. Anyway, I was going to say about my Redskins is 18 people, eight, last year 25 players on the injured reserve, now 18 players, second straight year, they have led the league in that dubious category. Look, there's there's bad luck, but at some point when everyone keeps getting injured, I feel like the organization has to look within and understand. Ask, start asking some hard questions. Uh, Matthew Berry, TMR on all forms of social media except for the Fantasy Life app. She's Stefania B87 on Instagram and Stefania underscore ESPN on Twitter. I'm at Field Yates. We are back tomorrow. You know what the drill is. Waiver wire pickups, Monday night football recaps, probably some fantasy heartbreak, and a little bit of fun dashed in as well. Talk and to you guys we then. make Mike Clay defend his Joe Mixon ranking. Boom. Peace out. <laughs> Never gonna hustle in case you didn't know. Matthew Berry, TMR. You, 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 you guys go ahead, give me grief for being on Sports Center for 45 seconds. You think you could do better than me? Because I don't think you could. Jail bait, feel you, you're, 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 you're terrible at hashtag improv. At, 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 at field gates. At field gates. Stefan, your bell. Barry convert you. Secret squirrel Daniel Dunn. Make, 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 make it happen. Mediocre fantasy advice. You're older than people realize. That never stops. Loyal 06010 Today's horoscope brought to you by GEICO. Gemini, you may find yourself struggling with alertness today. That's because you stayed up last night celebrating the hundreds of dollars a year you could save by switching to GEICO. Your struggle will continue well into the afternoon during Philip's status meeting, in which you'll say, No, Philip, I wasn't snoring. I have severe seasonal allergies. Your presentation was riveting. Well played, Gemini. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.